everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 214 for the week of March 17, 2012. Happy St. Patrick's Day! Um, go have a beer if you're of age and drive responsibility because uh, this is the day where people don't. Uh, let's see. I've got a bunch of people from RPG Gamer here. Let's introduce them. First off, Anna Marie Neufeld. I think you've been kissing the Blarney Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Yearworth. Uh, Hi. Uh, hi. And <laughs> Emmanuel Marino. It's warmer where you are than where I am. I know. I'm angry. I'm Chris Privetier. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Everyone else is dispersed around the country, and it is in the 70, what is it, like 75 degrees out right now. It's crazy. I love it. So I'm I'm sitting here. I'm reviewing messages from my uh, Mass Effect uh, 3 team on my iPad. And uh, enjoying getting little emails from them that aren't in the Your game. Your iPad 3. Yes, my iPad 3. I has an iPad 3. And you know what? It's, it's a lot like the iPad 2. <laughs> but it has better graphics. I never would have guessed that. I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did anybody else succumb to the iPad hype? I assume not, right? Wait, nope. hype. Wait, it's, it's, isn't the screen just better? And it, if you, you're already really using is. an iPad, it, no, it's it's a fantastic screen, and I noticed the difference. But I showed it to a coworker at first, and he's like, "Well, I I don't see a difference." And I'm like, "Look at the icons in the folders." And he's like, "You know oh, what I think? Is, oh. is this your imagination of what the screen should look like?" Was, uh, was finally matching up with. I suppose so. He's like, "Well, this is what it always looked like, right?" And like, and then I had to bring up a a book application, and then he's like, "Oh." Oh, yeah, the iPad 2 screen is good, but this one is great. And it's like, okay, there. So it, it's going to be nice for reading, but it's still too damn heavy for reading. So I really hope we get some awesome looking games. Well, that's why it. you should get a Kindle, though. I mean, the Kindle's like 80 bucks. It's light. It's made out of plastic. Right. If you lose it, no big deal. And honestly, why would you invest in iBooks since iBooks is trapped only on iOS devices? Well, I always buy Kindle books on my iPad anyway, so yeah, but just you know, like a quick little eighty dollar reader, you can read it in the sun. Great battery life. <laughs> you know, the real reason is I don't read, so I, I've been doing Audible books. And... <gasps> <laughs> okay, well, you can recommend some audio, audio books to me, dude. I I finished the uh, Mass Effect Three Retribution book, or Mass Effect Two Retro, or what, just Mass Effect Retribution book, the uh, the third and last one written by Drew Kapur. Drew Capizian. Capizian. Read by Neil. What's his name? Who's the one who reads that book? I don't know, but he reads like all of them, and he reads them well. And I, uh... I like his Kali Sanders voice. <laughs> ah, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a weird voice. But uh, it, dude, there's payoff for all that stuff. Like if you read those books, they reference it all on Mass Effect Three, and I was really I impressed heard. by that. Ah, I. I I they are fitting everything into Mass Effect Three, and I'm really loving that. Um, Including some things you don't want in there. I guess we'll get to that now. Playing, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm I'm telling her no, and that every time I get to tell her no, it makes me happy. All right, so let's see. What do we got? We got feedback, right? Yeah, here's some feedback. Ocelot writes in and tells us, "Dear RP singers." After last week's amazing rendition of the Pokemon theme song, can anything possibly top such an awesome performance? No clue, but here's some questions. Number one, have any of you played Really Big Sky? If so, would you recommend it? That name is so familiar for some reason, and now I can't remember why. What's Really Big Sky? I don't know. Should I know what it is? Does anybody know what it is? 
There's a video YouTube uh, video called WTF is Really Big Sky that was published in August. All right, Really Big Sky is a super fast twin analog shooter for the modern age. Oh. Well, I will be so playing it soon. So it's a Chris kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a Chris game. Do I own this already by any chance? Let's see. Sometimes I own these games and don't even realize it. So I do not own this one yet, so I will rectify that. I can get it on Indievania, Gamersgate, Impulse Steam, Disorder, or Green Man Gaming. Ooh, Anna. Gamersgate. Does that mean Wait, you can get it for it's free? it's on Gamersgate? Yeah. Yeah, I might actually have a copy. Hang on. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why I know the name. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to obtain it. Uh, and the answer is no. So we fail on that. Number two. So Nintendo banned Binding of Isaac for questionable content, which brings to mind this query. What's the most questionable content slash plot point slash theme you've ever encountered in an RPG? Everything Persona. I would say anytime I've come across some some uh, really poor censorship or awkward, yeah, just censorship in general, I found questionable oh. and is upset and ruined the game for me because mm. you know what it's supposed to be. Go ahead. No, that's a good point. No, just because I know what it's supposed to be, and then when they clearly cut this out or they're using a word to like dance around something like death or religion or sex or. You know, alcohol. They're using every word in the in the book for alcohol, but alcohol, and it's like, okay, that's a bit much. Um, I, I get it. I'm not a two year old. Upset if I didn't mention the under boob, but we shouldn't dwell that's on it. Controversial. You know what? I'm, um, I'm with the It was when it was when it was censored. Oh, okay. It was a girl that had like a, a top that was like basically straight across her tits, so you could see like the top and the bottom of her cleavage. Yeah. And when when localized, they modified the art ever so slightly so that she no longer had under boob. Okay. It was like full top. Oh no! I don't know. If you know that- the, I, I- <laughs> Seriously, this was something that was like blown up. It was crazy. It was. All over our forums. I think it was either Exceed or Nisa that did it. It was all over their forums. Yeah. Um, other than that, the problem is, is all of my examples are not only Persona, but they're usually like major endgame spoilers. So I don't know if I'm... No. Well, the games, I think the games are old enough that I'm cool discussing it. No, um, oh, there the the, end- aren't the re-releases all coming out right yeah, now? It's like all of them have been really released on PSP, Anna. Well, I'm going to specifically them. cite Digital Double Saga. No, I no, that just came out in uh, Europe and people are finally buying it. As a matter of fact, a bunch of people on staff are just decided to pick it up because it's finally available freely. I'm sure we can okay. find more questionable. How about the hostess clubs in Yakuza? Were those questionable? You know what? I, I found more questionable. I don't know why Sega... The problem, I think, is the why, Sega's mentality of why they chose to remove them was questionable more than the clubs. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I agree with that. Hmm. You know what? I'm questionable. Mean, uh, Sorry. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> all right. What? What? Oh, oh, just like unnecessary cleavage or just like ridiculously large breasts in your face for no apparent reason. Like, have you ever played like a game like a uh, what was it, uh, Lost World, the one from Capcom where you where you're shooting aliens and it's like snowy Lost Planet. You know, it's like it's like it's a snowy environment. Aliens, it's snowy. 
Yeah, Capcom. Surprisingly, Capcom's really only made like one of those. Hmm. Anyway, I'm trying to think. That got derailed. Quick. What is the most questionable content? Uh, what about the wells in Xenogears? No, nobody really cared about that. The Soylent Green plotline. All right. Well, I give up. I I try. <laughs> I guess the the answer is under boob. I don't like that. That's got to be a better answer than that. Some pile. Of- I would say interpretations of God in every single Persona game, hmm. or in every single Shin Megami Tensei game, because it's always something that comes completely out of left field around the end of the game. Yeah, but. There's got to be something that's just more purely offensive than people speculating on religion, which everybody does anyway, right? Yeah, I was about to say um, the whole thing about, about that, that lost you planet. killed Jesus in Final Fantasy Tactics. He's not oh, Jesus. And by the way, you- He's kind of like Jesus. <laughs> not exactly. They don't put the name Jesus on the character. <laughs> they do everything but... <laughs> Yeah, but but this guy—he wasn't a good guy in tactics, though. (laughs) You take a bunch of analogs, bastard. But yeah, no, yeah, I would say that's pretty controversial. I suppose. I I I, are we going the wrong way with this question? I I think so. I think so. But I don't know where to go. Because now it just feels like now are we trying to play Nintendo Big Brother? Yeah, saying what should. Uh, I was actually going to say, I know um, uh, one of the Super Robot Wars games does cover a, uh, a quick child soldier's plot at one point. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, but then, like, Gundam is nothing but child soldiers. Uh, does there, you know, what about, is there, like, any incest or, or weird stuff in any games? Dragon hey, Lord. there will be at the Game of Thrones game! All right! <laughs> awesome. Hmm. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Gosh. Are you worried, indifferent, or in favor of Bioware points? Pain to win is definitely here to stay, but should gamers protest? I have no idea what Bioware points are. So on the PC, uh, if you go to buy something in their uh, downloadable content, they have what's called Bioware points, which are in the same increments as Microsoft points. So it costs the same price for DLC on the PC as it does on the 360. Only you're paying the money first to Bioware to get points, and then you have the same issues of only being able to buy points in certain chunks and it not matching up and all that stuff. So then it's just basically space money for DLC. Yep. So, then I don't. Then I don't know. Didn't take offense with PSN and all of Xbox Live. Uh, I'm against uh, yeah. it only because of the the issue where you have points left over. So yeah, I'd rather it be just like PSN where it's even dollar amounts, but you know, other than that, yeah. Uh, as far as their presence in Mass Effect Three, it's kind of offensive in that people could just buy their way to all the multiplayer upgrades. But it's a co-op shooter, so I don't know that I care. But also, it's is your time more important than your money? Because like one two dollar pack is like the equivalent of like three hours of of like. Earning up yeah, points. but should developers be allowed to ask us that question? I don't know. You could say they could better design. Well, then I would argue that better design the game so that the rewards come more f- 
fast and freely, right? Yeah, I mean, your, your your time in playing a game shouldn't be something that you consider spending money to not play the game. The game should be such that you want to play the game, like you want to play. You don't want to skip playing. I, I don't I've know. I feel like there's that. a lot of people. There are a lot of people who play WoW who just like pay for a level eighty character. That's because they they they're bi- yeah. All right. That means the grinding is not fun, and people need to make grinding fun. And if it isn't fun, maybe you shouldn't have it in your game. That's my. Opinion. I agree, but I think I I'm agree, waiting for an MMO that comes out that just jumps you straight to end game. Why not? I, That's I, what know, I somebody should do it. I I understand the whole market couldn't support it, but someone should try it. Yeah, why not? Oh. Market's big enough for everybody, right? Yeah. It would be nice to see a niche like that. Um, Chris, have you paid anything for the Mass Effect? I had 80 months? leftover points, and I bought a pack, the 80-point pack just to see what was going on. It was from a Dragon Age DLC I had bought previously. So mm-hmm. I was like, um, I'd actually, what I did was accidentally double-click. Like, oh, wait, wait, no, oh, 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 well. I guess I could see what this is like. Yeah, but you bought the cheap pack though, not the good pack, right? Yeah, well, there's there's three packs. One is points, uh, in-game points only. Then one is eighty points. Then one is like one hundred sixty points or something. So it's like zero, one dollar, two dollar, something like that. So I bought the one dollar pack, kind of accidentally, but at the same point, I didn't mind so much having lost a dollar on it, and I got like a Turian skin or something. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. And you could just save up in-game points to buy those those bigger pa- packs too. They just you have to save up a lot more. I uh, I think you can get enough for the uh, the sixty the uh, the sixty thousand pack in about what four games if you're good. Yeah, if you're good. Yeah, if you succeed and win the the ten rounds. Yeah, if you don't, then it's harder. Um, and maybe I, I, I was, yeah, because they've released they've released some uh, what do you even call them uh, metrics? Okay. Uh, based on um. Uh, Multi on the Mass Effect Three multiplayer. Apparently, according to them, uh, only one percent of gold challenges are successful out of all multiplayer games. Yeah, I tried one of those once. Um, <laughs> no, those are not fun. <laughs> you die. <laughs> I was like, I, I assume that's for people who have fully powered up characters and stuff, and all the weapon upgrades. But that's certainly not me, and it's not most of the people you find randomly playing. So. Oh, here we go. We've got a list of the independent games festival finalists. Have you played or are looking forward to playing any of these? So here we go. Uh, number one, Way by Carnegie Mellon University. I've never heard of it. Antichamber by Demruth. Nope, never heard of it. Spelunky by Mossmouth. Nope. Beat Sneak Bandit. I've downloaded this. It's on my iPhone and iPad. I have not played it. No one else? Okay. Dear Esther. Played that one. You played that one. All right. So you can answer. Oh, the question was just, did you play it? I guess you don't even have to say if you liked it. <laughs> did you like it? It's, uh, it's painfully artsy, but I felt obligated to buy it because it was developed by one of my university lecturers. Oh. I really should be emailing him right about now to congratulate him on winning that. The Chinese Room is at is somehow associated with your university? Uh, the Chinese Room was founded by uh, Dan Pinchbeck, who is a senior researcher at uh, the University of Portsmouth, and he lectures in my department. Oh, that's awesome. He, 
he uh, he 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 was the one who taught me uh, game studies last year that resulted me in me writing a one thousand five hundred word essay about pacifism in Deus Ex. Wow. Tell him next time he should actually make a game. All right, so I'm gonna need a design made botanic. What the heck? Botanicula? What is bot? Okay. I don't know what that is. And Daniel Bernmergui made Storyteller. Yes, that's the name of the game is Storyteller. And all the cool little eight bit. Oh, that doesn't seem good. All right. I don't know what's going on in that. And then finally, the grand prize, because it wins every award show, even award shows it's already been in before, um, Fez by Polytron. So, yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Fez to come out, but that guy needs to take a PR class about how to talk in public. Uh, Let's see. Uh, yeah, did you guys talk about that controversy last week or no? Uh, no, it wasn't really relevant. And you know, okay, okay. I read through his stuff, and you know, he so the Fez creator said basically all Japanese games suck, and of course, it was taken out of context. He really meant only modern games, and which people who read that are like, yeah, but you, what do you mean only modern games? Because there's a lot of modern Japanese games that are good too. So what are you? What, what the heck are you smoking? And really, it no, comes no, down no. to the fact you know, that the he doesn't know what, how to handle himself in public. And he says stuff that's too controversial and doesn't uh, realize I, I, what I he's saying. I think the giant bomb, Bombcast has a better breakdown of it. Yeah. And I, I think it was, it was this thing where he was, there was this good rapport going off the audience and everyone let their guard down. They're just shooting back and forth. And a guy just... <laughs> a it, Japanese it, guy. guy. <laughs> hey. No, but he, but he like even the the beginning. It, it was just a weird. I think it was a weird situation all around because yeah. this guy said, "Oh, I'm so happy that Japanese games have influenced all of you so much." Then that's like very weird. It's like if I went to a Japanese game conference and I said, "Oh, I'm so glad American games have have influenced your, your development <laughs> so much." It, it's just a weird question to ask to begin with, and then he felt comfortable enough to be like, "You know what, dude, your games suck." <laughs> and so like this sort of like throwaway kind yeah, of little joke I, comment and he went to, ex- to I don't elaborate think, more what yeah, he said. That wasn't an appropriate thing to say even as a throwaway joke though. You don't just say, oh, your guys' games suck. I mean, come on. I don't I don't know because it's like, who cares if he said it though? Yeah. I mean, that's his opinion. I mean, at the same time, so what if he doesn't like modern Japanese games? So who cares if you like, if, if you personally think Demon's Souls is the best game ever? This is just, I mean, just who cares? As I kind of get the, the, it's not like he was being racist that I hate Japanese people and <laughs> Japanese people make stupid games because they're a stupid people. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, no, I understand that. It's. I it's, mean, it's, I feel like if someone asked you, "Do you like Cantonese pop?" and you said, "Oh no, Cantonese pop sucks," are you suddenly a racist, Chris, because you don't like Cantonese pop? Even uh, though I'm sure there's some great Cantonese pop songs out there. Well, who said he was racist? Oh, oh, the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, I think that's why the controversy exploded even more so, because he's... he's people I, I wouldn't assume rape. racism from those comments, even the out-of-context ones, but... The, Good for uh, you, Chris. The, a lot more rational <laughs> and level-headed than most people on the internet. It, it's, it's, it's kind of the ignorant... What it, what it does smack of is the ignorant attitude of, well, everything coming out of Japan nowadays sucks, when that isn't the case, and that's far too wide of a generalization. Sure, you can. Sure, you can hate most of the mainstream stuff out of Japan. That's fine, but to just sit there and throw a generalized statement out there, I don't think that's fair. 
you know. But, but it was a personal statement, though. Yeah. I mean, if you, you can honestly say Cantonese pop sucks, but does it mean all Cantonese pop well, is this, terrible? This guy isn't looked at as a guy who's giving personal statements. He's he's like the he, dude. But, he's but like the, the indie un- development dude, and his opinion is looked at as, as having weight. So he no, actually no, needs no, to carry no, himself as a public can, figure, they, and he doesn't. Came up like when KJ Nufune came up and then started talking about how bad the Japanese game industry is modern, then you pay attention and listen because that's a guy who's been there and he's been <laughs> doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not even like he said that controversial stuff because, like, five seconds later, Phil Fish – not Phil Fish. Uh, 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 Jonathan Fish. Blow. John Blow went into – to started talking about, like, uh, a lot of modern game design and problems he has with it. And then KJ Nofune had a conver- – had, like, a GDC talk the next day. I mean this is a common sentiment among a lot of people in the game industry. And he may have articulated impro- – he may have done – I'm not saying that – I think he articulated poorly and he – but there's a difference between KG getting a fully fleshed out commentary on the modern state of Japanese game development and somebody just saying all oh, the games suck. Yeah, but then to, to it shows to, that there's thought behind the process with one, and what? it shows that one person gave thought to it, and the other person is just irrationally but he hating did something. Go into it, though that's the thing, he did go into it. Yeah, and well, and unfortunately, none of that was reported. And that's I, where Phil lost out. Is a lot of this is the fall of the press for covering it as as a soundbite. I, I, I at the same time, it's like I, I, I don't really care what Phil Fish thinks. <laughs> it's like, so what if he does? No, I'm being yeah. honest. I no, don't. No. I don't think Fed that awesome, and I really don't care if he likes Japanese games, modern Japanese games, or not. Yeah. I bet. I bet our listeners I, don't care either. No, I don't. I don't see like being honestly, Anna. For once, I don't think me and Chris are arguing. Oh. Like, like, like one person has to be right. I, I feel like Chris has actually listened to my side of the argument. I'm listening to his side, and we make oh, no, uh, no, not at all. I think she just doesn't care about the topic. Oh, okay. I feel like for once, this is. I know we're an having an actual that's... discussion. How dare we? Let's move on. Um, that's all right. Sorry. Right. You know, I, I what I, this... all I want to say is I don't care what Jonathan Blow thinks. Uh, what What are you saying, Manny? You're right, and I don't care what Jonathan Blow thinks either. That's the funny thing, too. Yeah. I don't care if Jonathan Blow is bogged down by modern Japanese game design. I don't even care. I really don't care what he has to say either. Do you care what KG Inafune says? Yes, as you a matter of fact, yeah. I actually do. I kind of do. Yeah. Because he was struggling against a lot of the things that he perceives as problems within the industry. Like, even within Capcom, trying to get stuff like Mega Man Legends made. And to listen to his talk, it was... It was it's funny, though, because he's saying... What he said is almost even harsher. Like, oh, current Japanese management and these big companies are terrible. Mm-hmm. They know how to direct their games. <laughs> We're bogged down by all these problems. We're not as flexible anymore. We don't yeah. have. And it's, I feel like when he says it, there's actual some weight to it, and you should actually pay, people should pay a little bit more attention, even if he's being a bit of a jerk sometimes when yeah. he does it. I guess I just feel like Phil Fish has kind of an attitude issue in in how he speaks publicly as a whole, and you he should you, and he should say things right. more like "I don't like Japanese games," "I don't like modern you Japanese know, games." Absolutely right. And that would completely that, diffuse the entire issue, right? I can't argue with that at all, Chris. I mean, he. I mean, it's kind of like if you know what Phil Fish, he, Phil Fish talks mess and he gets himself <laughs> in trouble. And uh, yeah, and he needs to realize he's a public figure now. And that everything okay. he's going to say is t- taken out of context. And uh, yeah, I guess I right. shouldn't expect him to have PR training. That's unreasonable. He's just a dude working on a game. But 
Um, and no, unless he learns to like change that, it a little, I don't know. It's completely reasonable. When you say it like that, you're right. He shouldn't be out there going, yo, Japan, your game suck. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. In that context, he's a public figure. He, he shouldn't. And then later on the internet, when he started saying, you know, oh, uh, his, suck oh. my D people. His, his Dude, Twitter like, response and reactions were just unacceptable. And yeah, absolutely. there's no defending that at, at all. <laughs> absolutely right. But then to go back and say, I'm going to pirate Phil Fish's game because yeah, he said no, no. things about games that I like. Uh, you know, it, uh, as soon as I was very anti the comments initially, I was, I lashed out on Twitter a little bit and said, well, I think you lost my sale. And then as I read his response, read what he actually meant and, and calmed down a bit, it's like, I realized, oh, that's all right. I understand what he meant. I'm totally going to buy Fez. I'm totally willing to give him another try. And I'm just learned not to take anything he says on Twitter seriously. Yeah. So <laughs> at the same time, if you don't feel comfortable enough to buy his game, that's okay too. But don't feel like you're somehow entitled to pirating his game. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, what? that's a bunch of baloney from people who are too lazy to follow through on it anyway. <laughs> you think people are going to be? I've got all this energy and spare time to vindictively pirate a game just to get back at someone. But you weren't going to buy the game anyway, so who cares if you go and pirate it? It's interesting. It's it's interesting. I just to to see that there's this general sentiment among a lot of Western players in general that Japan's games are somehow you know it's, I, I yeah. feel like it's been in the air for years, and like I, I got into the point where even developers are feeling comfortable enough to say yeah you but even even it'll advise so <laughs> same. So John, what's the feeling over in England? Does England think Japanese games are not so hot? Um. Well, we. Still You're have companies asking. that are willing to bring them over, yeah. and we get more of them. Like yeah. you know, uh, well, that's right. Story. You guys get them before we do. Darn it! I guess yeah. the is, like, still, uh, I Phil should go yeah. live in. Well, no, I don't know. I just never say Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn. Quinn actually gets the he actually gets good. He gets versions released on time with thoughtful translations. So you're saying Phil Fish's opinion up. is the fault of Nintendo. <laughs> I think I think we've answered this question. All right. <laughs> Will the 3DS see a redesign before the year is out? Maybe a mini 3DS or a dual stick? Nah, triple stick 3DS. Better yet, a microwave safe 3DS. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, here's the thing is, people have been talking about a 3DS redesign to make it smaller, but all of the optimizations that were put into the DS Lite and the DSi were packed into the 3DS from the start. Like the original DS Fat was fat because it was literally a whole bunch of empty space inside of it. There isn't in the 3DS. I don't think they can get any smaller just because... Well, they have excessive plastic on the top that nobody seems to like. They've got ugly color Uh, designs, and they're missing the second stick that they're already bolting on with the Franken stick. I think a 3DS redesign is, is inevitable. Well, I think a 3DS redesign is inevitable to add the second stick. Yeah. Before the but year is out, though, think, no. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. Not before the year is out. Well, wait, they wait, want... wait, wait, wait. This is Nintendo. They've done this. They've done turnarounds on this within six months. Um, yeah, but mm. I don't know. How often do they release a peripheral and then make a a system that no longer requires a peripheral. What was it? What was yeah. the no, they've done a exchange tunnel. time between the PlayStation and the PlayStation Slim? Yes, Nintendo that made that. Use the hard drive anymore? No, but I'm trying to make a corollary between a different company. Uh, a corollary. Thank you. 
you know, uh, E3 is looking kind of uh, tame this year. I mean, they might just do it. Just it could be the start of the show. I mean, no, I because so. they yeah. because they need to reintroduce the Wii U. Reintroduce? What's wrong with it now? What they? They need Everybody to reintroduce. They need to reintroduce the yeah. Wii U. Everybody them. was so underwhelmed last year, and they haven't well, it's had. Not, it's not really reintroducing. It's like let's show you what it is this year. Here's what the current design of the actual console looks like. Here's I think if they're smart, it, I think if they're smart, they will market it as a reintroduction because everybody was so underwhelmed last year. I mean, I understand completely why Nintendo needed to put out the Wii U at E3 last year. It was just that was their window of opportunity, and they they were smart not to miss it. But at the same time, they weren't far enough into development that they had games that were functioning. Well, I, I, whatever you want to call it, they'll. I think they'll spend a ton of the press conference time on it. Yeah, I mean, this year is going to be the Wii U. Because the Wii U's out this year, right? Yeah. Um. From everything we can tell, it'll be out this year. If it isn't out this year, I would be disappointed. But does that mean it's just like a lot of Wii U minutia? Like, here's our login system, here's our achievement system, here's I our think blocker. it's going to be a focus on the Wii U, and I don't think they want a 3DS version oh. 2.0 cutting into that time. I feel like... I mean, obviously... Yeah. I mean, even last year when they introduced the Wii U, there was still stuff above the 3DS. You know, out of a 60-minute press conference, 30 minutes was on the Wii U. Right, right, I guess right. But the, the, yeah, they won't throw the 3DS at, at, at here, but they've shown 3DS redesigns at separate events later in the year. They've done that with the, the DSi, uh, the, D, the DS... What is it? The DSi Fatty, whatever we call that. Um, the XL. The, the XL. I mean, they they didn't sh- they didn't show it off at E3. They've shown them off at like these. Yeah, other I don't events. think any of the redesigns were ever shown at E3. I think they were always TGS. But, and... but the question is, does the does the new 3DS come out this year? No. So what they do it next year in 2013 to counter program the the new Xbox? <laughs> no, I they'd do it in spring, wouldn't they? Let's hope they do it soon, so people don't have to keep on buying a you know a ten dollar plastic gigantic add on for the thing. So they'll time it just when they run out of stock on that. I don't know. I I think they're gonna wait and see how the the dual stick games do. Like right now we've got Resident Evil, right? But eh. what's the other one? Is Kid Icarus using Monster it? Monster Hunter. Oh, it's Monster Hunter. Okay. Hmm. That should do well, good. That should do well regardless. So. <laughs> Or I don't know. Maybe this is like a Tokyo Game Show announcement right yeah. before or something. Yeah, I think so. And because who would benefit the most from a dual stick? Right, is a Monster Hunter players, right? Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And Monster Hunter Four is not out anytime soon, right? So it'll be Monster Hunter Four Edition 3DS with two sticks. Hmm. Well, we'll see. All right. <laughs> Ocelot says, P.S., what about a waterproof 3DS or a 1,000-foot altitude-approved version? Maybe a hologram yeah. version or an edible 3DS. <laughs> Did I you think edible 3DSs would be a bad idea. This is like, you know, basement dwelling areas we're talking about here, right? Did I, I think see? waterproofing in general should be more... Uh... Like did you at CS? There was um, there were there were there was one of the big hyped up things was this nano this nano coating technology that can waterproof iPhones or just about any other piece of technology. Yeah, I heard and it about that. Works. 
I want to do that. How do I get that done? Don't, don't drop your phone in the toilet. No, I want to get the, the waterproofing done so I can drop my phone in the toilet. Hopefully it has built-in disinfectant. But just in general, wouldn't just waterproofing techn- electronics in general seems like a great idea. Yeah, it does. Um, like, like it's some sort of coating you dip it in though, right? So yeah, it's, you- it's a, like a nano coating. It's it's like the same thing that they put like in the sunscreen, like the new sunscreen models that have the water like just rub, run right off your body. So I wonder, oh, really? They put Rain-X in the sunscreen now? Um, I wonder what they do for the ports though, so you can still plug stuff into the things. I think it's the same tech that you know. Have you seen those those uh, shorts or those like shirts that when you soak submerge them in water, and then you take them out of water again, they're instantly dry. No, I haven't. Nanotechnology is great. Everyone thinks that nanotech is really just like little tiny machines, but the future, I mean, the real what really going to change the world is like this kind of, kind of uh, like using nanocarbon tubes and using different kinds of film. I mean, it's just basically lots of coding and things you apply to things that are making. Oh, nanotech. It's spelled. N-A-N-O-T-E-X. Dry inside. Don't sweat it. Dry inside. Move sweat from the inside to the outside of polymer gar- polyester garments. Oh, goodness. What's going on? All right. I need to... Ooh. Static elimination. All right. Now I'm in... That, that's the problem we have in Wisconsin. It's, we don't surf here, so we don't have like these clothing that needs to be automatically dry. What we have is static cling. So that's what we need nanotechnology that's anti-static i'm all in <laughs> all right sorry totally lost oh, all sorry. on that one i did that article that i else uh, i had about the oh okay uh, i don't well <laughs> so i'm gonna buy a new shirt and i'm gonna dip my ipad in some uh nano tubing that's gonna uh, eliminate water that's the important stuff uh xseed is dipping their toes into steam uh, did you guys hear about this this week Oh yeah, this yeah, is cool. I like this idea. This this was brewing for a while, and they said, "Hey, guess what? E's Olfen Felgana is going to be out on Steam." And uh, don't other you, games too. I was say, don't you recall me saying about what was it six months ago that I would play a lot more JRPGs if they were on PC? Oh, oh this is because of you. Thank you. I didn't realize it was that you did this. No, no, I, I'm not taking credit for doing it. Yeah, you I'm should. just saying. It's an you important know. thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm searching Steam for Ease, and of course nothing comes up because the game isn't out yet, but uh, it is uh, March 19th, so a couple days from now. Ease Oath and Felgana should hit on Windows on Steam, and I think Ease, there's an Ease prologue coming, and maybe 1 and 2 as well, I forget. Uh, I think I have the story here. Oh yeah, here it is. Yes, Uh, Ease Origin is what it is, not one and two. It's Ease Origin that'll be coming out in May, and that's the first. This that's this could be the first English release of the Ease Origin, and it is a uh, prequel to the games and does not have the characters from the normal Ease games in it. So, is at least what's the main guy's name called? I don't know. Elba, Eldi, Aldi. I'm gonna call him Adol. Adol. I was gonna call him Aldi after the supermarket, but all right, Adol works. And uh, 700 years before they... Wait, you guys have Aldi's in the U.S.? Yes, of course we do. Okay. They're not... They're not the best supermarkets, but they're inexpensive. So, yes. Uh, Ooh, Wasteland 2. So check this out. There's uh, there's this old computer RPG called Wasteland, 
and it was kind of one of the inspirations for the first Fallout, and well, the first two Fallout games, because uh, his producer went on to make the the, well, the game's producer went on to make the Fallout games, and uh, and I think what happened is that they want to make a sequel to Wasteland too, but they didn't have the rights, so they made Fallout. Yeah, and Wasteland is uh, wasn't Wasteland actually based off a pen and paper series or not? I don't know. Okay, well, whatever. They made up uh, fake pen and paper rules in order to base uh, Fallout off of. And the guy who made uh, Wasteland, the producer, he's going back and they started Kickstarter that has been fully funded already to make a sequel to Wasteland. So Wasteland 2 will be coming, and people who are older school PC gamers than those who played Fallout are really excited for this. Because, you know, I would kind of rather see a Fallout 3 in the vein of Fallout 1 and 2, um, but... Uh, this, this is basically closest... it, though. Well, yeah, except it's not Fallout, but whatever. yeah, but this is what's Fallout other than a Pokemon wasteland wasteland with a quirky sense of humor. I, I okay, and you think that's what this will have too? So, did you watch the video? I'm curious. I did not. No, should I? Okay, yeah. I mean, it would have answered a lot of your questions. Oh, about the style and direction they're going with it, and the people they have on board to actually make this happen. Okay. So they got like a bunch of old school people from the Fallout yeah. days, all right? And it's gonna be comedic and all that. It's basically everyone who founded Interplay. Oh, <laughs> well, this works. Okay, everybody go support Wasteland Two, I guess. And oh, not yet though. I'm not oh. gonna. Su- well, everyone supported for me, but I'm not gonna chip in until it reaches 1.5 million. Why? Because that's when they have enough money. They say to do a Mac port. Oh, okay. At the one point, we are fully cross-platform. And before that, they are not fully cross-platform. Interesting. So what do you get? 15 bucks gets you the game. 30 bucks gets you the game plus a soundtrack and a digital art book. And then 50 bucks, you get a large box copy. Guys, don't support this. We don't need large box copies anymore. We are the digital age. I don't like this. Hey, hey, I still want a box copy of Torchlight 2 so I can have a copy that's DRM free. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The box copy comes with a cloth map. Never mind. I'm fully supporting Oh, it. okay. You're right. <laughs> cloth maps, fully fully supporting cloth maps. <laughs> can I pay just 40 bucks and just get the cloth map? Because I don't need the box taking up room. And I'm going to feel bad when I throw it out. And I'm going to need to throw it out. If you, I think if you donate a couple hundred bucks, Chris, you could be a statue in the game. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Maybe you can. I wonder if you can break the statues. Just all right. Don't you want to be? It sounds like Fallout, though. It's a. It's going to be a top-down um, RPG. Multiple party members. It's going to be turn-based. Um, they're taking like four months for uh, pre-planning stages, and they're going to do a full year cycle on development. Cool. Oh, and the final game, of course, is DRM-free, which sounds pretty nice. How many people? I mean, that's they- what I like about that. The- did they say how many people their team will be? I think it's maybe like uh, six or seven guys. All right, so. You know what I like about all these uh, these, these Kickstarter projects? Because they're getting all the money up front, they can afford to make the game when they finally release it DRM-free. Like the Double Fine uh, game is DRM-free. This is DRM-free, cross-platform. <laughs> Pretty good true. stuff. true. <laughs> hmm. But... Doesn't anyone want to make bigger sales though after the fact? Well, they still will, but it's it's a pretty. I think this whole the whole Kickstarter thing is nothing but goodwill on both sides. All right, Manny, I gotta know what are you eating? Oh, oatmeal. 
Oatmeal. All right. Oatmeal. Like, can you this, hear my mouth full of food? Yeah, I can. <laughs> this podcast right, brought to you by Oatmeal. <laughs> the official food of the RPG cast. You hear that, kids? You want to be like RPG cast? Eat your oatmeal. Brown sugar? Any additives? Uh, I mix two packets. I mix one regular, and then I use one cinnamon spice. Ah, instant oatmeal. All right. I'm not going to go pick the oats. <laughs> well, I'm not asking you to pick the oats. <laughs> there, there is there is a middle ground between those two levels. I like that you, you organic people. I honestly. like that you don't think that there is, though. I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, eternal Punishment. So we've learned that. Uh, I don't know. Did we cover this already? Persona 2 Eternal Punishment is going to be remade for the PSP. Uh, which made a lot of sense because Innocent Sin was already came out for the PSP. Now the second half of Persona 2, Eternal Punishment, will be coming out. New scenarios, new animated opening from Madhouse, choice between original and updated background music, uh, and the, the the remake music will be directed by Shoji Meguro, who I believe the reason that's important is that he didn't do the original music. So by having... Uh, so you basically get a soundtrack from the guy who's synonymous with Persona nowadays or the original music. So that's pretty cool. And there's a trailer and and screenshots. Check them out on our site. Who's buying that? I wish that game would have come out years ago. Does, don't you? <laughs> it I just really seems do. too late now. It's like, I want to focus on Persona 4 The Golden or Persona 5 maybe, hoping that Or maybe like out. spruce it up for the Vita or something. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's coming out for PSP, so will we even get it here? Is our publishers going to be allowed to release things for us? I'm sure Atlas will be able to, right? I don't know. Don't I mean, they release at this point? If it's Persona or if it's main, if it's FMT, they release it, right? Mega Ten. I, I have a feeling it might be limited to be digital only. And you know how much Atlas fans love digital only. They tell <sighs> me to. <laughs> I I just get the feeling that Sony is done with the PSP here. Like just you know done, what I want. I want more games. I just want all the JRPGs to be P, uh, to be on Steam or Mac or whatever. I just want them all digitally available on, yep. on my personal computer, regardless of operating system. I like it. Let's do it. Let you play with whatever controller you want. Oh, that'd be because I feel like I would. I don't want to sit down and take out my Dreamcast to play Skies of Arcadia. But if it was on my computer, I'd be like, you know what? I'm in the mood to. I'm doing for Skies of Arcadia. Dude, we'll put it load like, it up on my hard drive. Yeah, we'll put it on the Mac store, the Mac App Store, and put AirPlay in it. It'll just stream right out to your Apple TV. Boom, boom, done. All right. <laughs> you know what else is done? All productivity after May fifteenth, twenty twelve. Is that the end of the? Is that the Mayan calendar? The end of the world? Yeah, it is. It may as well be because that's when Diablo three is coming out. We finally have a date. Da da dum. Somehow, what is said Diablo 3 has beaten Torchlight 2 to a release date. You know, wait, I, I heard no, the reason wait, why. I, is, I, I, I get confused Let Manny do it. I was going to say, that's because they had an eight-year head start. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It came up on the... Every time someone says this on the on the Runic forums, everybody's like, guys, they've been in development for 11 years. So, Torchlight Torch 1 took a year. Torchlight 2 was supposed to take, like, what, yep, two? That's the reason why Torchlight 1 isn't that good at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I won't, won't argue that. All right, fair enough. 
even the team themselves say that the, their end game is is almost non-existent. Yeah. It's an item soup. Their yeah. affixes are bad. I mean, there's a lot of problems that happen when you make a game from scratch in 11 months and have to build the tools at the same time. But they have the tools now, right? Yeah. That should have helped. Isn't that enough? Apparently not. They need more time. Well, I, I've been saying this argument. I've been uh, saving this for the RPG cast. I was oh, going to write okay. an editorial about it too. But oh, it's okay. triple the size. And it's I can totally could re- refute what I'm saying. But it, in my perspective, it's like uh, Runic Games, they're, I mean, the reason why they're making this game is yeah. because they're a bunch of people with an action RPG history, point-and-click history. They, these are the kind of games that they like making, especially the two Schaefer brothers and Travis Baldry, the the president. He made a myth uh, – no, Mythos. He was making Mythos. This is the kind of games that these people like to make. And they, w- when they formed the company, especially out of the ashes of Flagship Studios, it was only natural that this is the kind of game they would want to make when they got out there. I mean I think they, they have more pride in themselves as developers and, and as just – fans of the gaming world and in general that they want to make a game that they were proud of rather than be a game loft for example like game loft solely exists to fill gaps and other companies uh uh distribution like there's no world of warcraft on iphone there was no diablo game at launch on vita there was there's no starcraft on the iphone so what do they do they make convincing they make convincing clones and they stick it on the marketplace and they hope that the fans who want a real Blizzard title will just buy that instead. Or like they want a real GTA game, so they'll buy Gangstar Story instead of Grand Theft Auto on the iPhone. I mean, it's a business model that works for them. But if that's what Rooney Games actually wanted to do, they would have released a broken game, an, an unfinished broken game, back in 2011, and it, they would have cashed in on all the people who were waiting for Diablo 3, and they would have been done. They would have just washed their hands of it and said, we made the money we want to make from the few people – from the people who were so pent up about Diablo 3 that they had to buy anything to replace it. But I think as developers and as people, they just, that's not what they ever wanted to do. They were not making a stopgap game for Diablo 3. They were making a game that they wanted to make. And if that happened to take longer than the release of Diablo 3, then it happens to take longer. There, that's my rant. The end. All right. Uh, for those of you who... Anna, I don't know. I want to hear Anna's perspective. She spends more time in the Runic forms than I do. Um, I absolutely agree with you. And trust me, spending more time in the form is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> uh, I just my perspective. I mean, if they... I, I woke the up model, the other day, and mm-hmm. I just... I had... All my browser windows open from the night before. I hadn't bothered closing them, so I hit refresh on Runic. Eighteen topics on the Diablo three release date. I think four of which said, "Since no one else has made a topic on this yet." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know that's the that's the reception though, right? Now that Diablo three is coming out, Torchlight two is dead, right? And I don't understand that mentality. And this is, and I mean, honestly, having played both games, they're not really that similar. They're going to appeal to do two different types of gamers. When did you play I'm Diablo sure Three? Overlap. I talked Aren't about it the on beta? the podcast. I'm not in the beta, but a friend of mine has a beta account, so I logged into oh. his account. Okay. I talked about this. I got mad because I was most of the way through. Um, a level, and then my internet went kaboom ah, for like, right. you know, this yeah. was back when I had my crappy router, mm-hmm. and my internet hiccuped, and I got disconnected, and immediately reconnected, and lost all my progress, and I was very irritated by that, although I think they fixed it at this point. 
I hope so. Okay, that's Anyways. weird. We turned this into a, we turned this Diablo news story into not a Diablo news story. I know, isn't that <laughs> awesome? If you are interested in Diablo three still, um, since that's the game that actually has a release date, uh, gee, Chris showing his bias. Uh, it is uh, May fifteenth. You can pre-order it now. Of course, there's a standard edition, a collector's edition. If you sign up for a year of WoW, you are getting it for free. If you sign up for a year of WoW and you want to the collector's edition, buy it. You will get three months credit towards your one year of subscriptions that you're obligated to pay. Um, that's how I they're compensating. Was, I thought it was four. Uh, okay, then you're getting four months. Whatever. You're getting $60 I thought, worth. I thought it was but, four. Uh, you're getting $60 worth. Um, <laughs> whatever that works out to. <laughs> You'll get uh, credit towards it to compensate for the fact that you're buying a collector's edition, uh, even though you get it for free already. So th- they're, they're making good for you on that. Uh, you can download it now, and you will uh-huh. not be able to use it until May. <laughs> yeah, you can preload it, and then as soon as the, the key is ready, I mean, you get your key, you can just type it in and start playing immediately. Yes, so right now you download it and you bring it up and it says something about the fires of hell are still burning or something like that. And oh, and um, if you if you weren't aware, the reason one of the reasons why they were able to make this relatively uh, recent uh, upcoming uh, soon date is because they took out the PvP. You that's right. About last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. The PvP is gone, so now they can ship. I, I still don't understand why they're ready for preload now if it's not out to May. Uh, is that just that's just? I think it must be retail. That's just because of uh, retail lead, right? To get all the I'm wondering if they actually have yeah, a lot of those collector editions they're, done. They're hmm. probably pressing the discs with the same cop version of the game you can download now. And they'll just have midnight patches. Sure. And I'm wondering how many of those statues are left to make. Those little Diablo statues and art books. And I wonder if all the pieces are in place yet. They must be getting close to... I'm getting really close. I think I will wait and preload actually in the month of May. I'm still not sure I see the point of doing it now, but uh, that is exciting. It's out right now. You want that stuff on your hard drive so you can start hacking it? You are good to go. <laughs> so wait, wait. Is, so is any? I, I'm curious. Who actually here is going to get the game? I am. Well, I have it. Cause... Oh, because you got your year of WoW. And right. Quinn, you did your year of WoW too, right? Yeah, I have it. So um, everyone's going to... It, it, it's kind of weird. I, I um, It's like... Because uh, before I uh, before I signed up for the uh, World of Warcraft, I didn't really care that much for for Diablo three, and it still feels kind of weird that I actually kind of own a, will own it when it comes out because I have the annual pass. I'm not even sure, like. Wait, so you, you signed up May for 15th. the pass just for the mount then? I signed up for the pass because I'm writing my dissertation on World of Warcraft, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh, but I mean, it doesn't save actually, you any I money, mean, it, and so if you didn't want no, Diablo but if 3, I had any incentive, it would be for the uh, beta for Mister Pandaria ah, more than okay. Diablo Three. All right, that makes sense. Yep, but I Diablo, I, I think I said, I think I said when the when the annual pass was announced back, go was it what last uh, end of last year? I was at BlizzCon um, October of last year. Yeah, I think I said that. Um, uh, I would play Diablo 3 if I didn't have to pay for it. And then they <laughs> basically yeah, gave you this which thing, was... which is you play, play yeah. Diablo 3 without paying for it sort of thing. So you're going to play Diablo 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris rubbed you know, that into my face to no end. I'm See, glad that... Go ahead, I'm sorry. The funny thing is, is for me, this is absolutely terrible timing. Because I'm not going to be able to play it for like, oh, I don't know, a month till it comes... Uh, I know this is. I'm wondering how much worse E3 is going to be because this game will be out during the major preparation weeks. 
Well, and you realize that that comes out like the day after we come back from our cruise, right? Uh, a couple days. Okay. But yeah, it's like I I immediately come back from that cruise and I go straight into E3. Yep. So I'm I'm not going to have time to play a lot of games in May. Yep, yep, yep. Because I'm going to be busy. I'm just glad everyone – it seems like a lot of people are going to get it in, in general because then it just makes it easier for all of us to hang out or do stuff with fans or have game nights Dude, in general. We, yeah, we just need to like just have a consistent, hey, it's uh, after 5 p.m. That, mean it's, that means it's another RP Gamer Diablo 3 game night. Just find us all on Battle.net and join, jump in the chat room and we will go hunt rare drops together or something. I don't know. So – it should be a lot of fun. Chris needs to read up on how they are decentralizing rare drops in Diablo. Oh, that's too bad. So I don't get to hunt a boss over and over? That makes I, me they sad. want you to go everywhere, really. They're de-incentivizing boss runs. Oh. They want you to... Because, but that that's point, the whole point of it. You're going to get more from elite mobs <laughs> and champions. Oh, okay. I don't like that because elite mobs are hard to kill. Bosses, you yeah. can come up with an easy yeah. strategy. Elite mobs tend to be lightning enchanted. It's weird how much I know about point-and-click action RPGs now. Mm. I blame Diablo and I blame going to BlizzCon and going and reading up about Torchlight. <laughs> and as a result, I know a lot about integrated graphics cards too. Wait, what? Why do you know about integrated graphics cards because of that? Oh, because I was thinking, oh, I want to get a couple. I was thinking about it. Just all came at the same time. Diablo is going to be locked in, but behind the auction house, and you need to have online play. So I'm like, oh, but I kind of want to play this on the go. Oh, There's okay. torchlight. Will that work? And then I started reading. Oh, yeah, this works on this integrated graphics card. But what's coming down the pipeline? Oh, I see Haswell. It's just like this big rabbit hole where you're finding that. Oh, I see Intel's future plans, but they can't compete with AMD's Liliano chipset at the current. It's like oh, okay. So, are you considering buying a a PC notebook then? No, I'm just gonna get a MacBook Air because I figure a Mac, all Ultrabooks have basically this, essentially the same hardware, and then but I can put Windows on a MacBook Air, and I can't put OS 10 on a on a Windows Ultrabook. Do you, hmm. Is it going to be your primary laptop then? Uh yeah, pretty oh, much. Okay. All right, I was gonna say if you were having it in addition to your normal MacBook, I actually would push you towards just a Windows only box, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm going to replace everything. I'm, I have this old uh, 2009, I think, or 2010 MacBook. Not even that old, to be honest. But <laughs> it would be nice to be on a, on a Core i series chipset. Cool, cool, cool. And while that iPhone in the article you linked has got a lot of water drops on it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's this is legit, man. Nanotech changing the world. Hmm. But the the. The whole the ports are still open, so I don't know about that. No, oh, if you go to the next page on page two, it shows you how they code it. Right. It actually gets everywhere. And if you look on the next page, there's an iPhone fully well, submerged. If it gets everywhere, how does the electronics work? <laughs> I don't get it. It's nanotech. You're nanotech. not supposed to understand. It just works. It allows electrical contact, but not water problems. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Hey, hey, clothes that instantly dried the second you come out of water, Ah, that's not any more crazy. That is is totally crazy. I don't know. I didn't know those existed until you said that, though. I need to go buy some now. Yeah, when people hear nanotechnology, they all think little tiny robots like the the Borg. No, man. Nanotech is just, it's crazy coatings and it's all material science. Like the most insane things that that allows a bunch of nano robots to get into your body. No, no, not even robots. Just like nanotech is like changing the landscape. You watch me. You wear that clothing and in five years you will be part of the robot uprising. 
and it will be against your will. Yeah, like like, like you, you probably don't know, but like most sunscreens are uh, utilize some great na- uh, lots of nanotech, where it'd be like there's this micro. Oh, I wish I knew better. I had a book about this. Well, they'll put like a lot of materials into the into sunscreen that'll better reflect light away from you, and it's mm-hmm. all these like these little nanoparticles. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> enough of that. How about, there's no nanotechnology in Atelier. Ma- and my cat is destroying the podcast setup. Uh, anyway, as I'm saying, there's no <laughs> nanotechnology in Atelier Maruru. And it would make it a better game. I'm just, at least steampunk nanotech? Steampunk nanotech would make Atelier probably a better game. But the, uh, I would, see, I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet. Steampunk little nanomachines. <laughs> How does that work? Exactly. <laughs> They're charged up with steam and then released into the body. Uh, grand, this is the uh, limited edition for Atelier Maruru, The Apprentice of Arland. It's a decorative box, soft cover art book, original soundtrack, large size barrel t-shirt. So there's a t-shirt that says barrel on it. It does not come in a barrel, and I think that is terrible. As anyone who follows the Atelier Maruru, Totori, whatever um, series knows, the, the protagonists shout barrel whenever they see a barrel. And so the the game should really come in a barrel for the limited edition. And I think uh, NIS is making a huge mistake. Do a barrel roll. Just oh, no one agrees no. with me, apparently. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I, I was disappointed. It's not coming in a barrel. I think you should all boycott it just by the regular edition instead. Didn't like the, Mac Hag- the Matt Hagger thing come in a barrel, remember? Um, I don't know what that is. The Matt Haggard? Matt Hagger from a uh, something Final Fight. Oh, Vote for Mayor Hag. Yeah, he was in a he was in a barrel. He had to rescue him or something. Is that what you're saying or what? Cars are being manufactured with nanomaterials, so they need fewer <laughs> metals and less fuel to operate in the future. All right. Speaking of uh, things that are really tiny, here's a, another indie de- developer who's coming out with a new RPG. And maybe we can make it big. I don't know if it's good or not, but here you go. It's called. Uh, oh, they're not a tiny indie developer. Apparently, they're a prolific indie developer. My apologies. Elderlay Games. They released their latest RPG Maker title called The Book of Legends. So it's a 40 hour RPG. It'll be. Uh, well, it came out in February. Uh, it's available for $22.99 on their website, which is. Wow, alderlay.org. Um, A L D O R L E A.org. For it's essentially twenty three bucks, which is an odd price. We've got screenshots up on the site. You can go check it out. It looks very traditional. Um, of course, that's because it's an RPG Maker game. And um, apparently, there is a there's some weird stuff in your party in this game. Apparently, so don't know what's up with that. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Oh, now if you've been holding out on Star Wars: The Old Republic and you said, hey. Yeah, it's cool. There's a Star Wars game that's kind of a sequel to that old RPG series I like from Bioware, but, you know, it's an MMO. I don't want to pay subscriptions. That's kind of crazy. I don't know. Wait till it goes free-to-play. Well, it's not going free-to-play, at least not yet, but they are having a free weekend that's going on right now. So if you, uh, if you, didn't, uh, if you didn't hear, you can go turn off this podcast or actually keep it running because we like, we like the fact that you listen. Hi. Uh, and we'll keep you entertained while you're waiting for the download. So you can go to EA site or SWTOR. Let's see. I guess you have to register for it. So SWTOR.com slash weekend pass. Go there and sign in, and you should hopefully still be able to get in and play for free. And go check that out. Um, yeah. We need to get back and finish leveling up, Anna. 
Yep. Yep. Gosu. Gosu. All right. <laughs> yes. Oh, Mass Effect news does not stop. So in addition to that app I mentioned earlier, the Datapad app that you can get off for free on the I- I- uh, what, iOS Wait, app Wait, did store. you actually mention that or do you think you mentioned that? No, I mentioned that. I mentioned okay. that when I started the show. Uh, but in addition to that app, which and I'll mention it again, the Datapad app is out for free and you get messages from your teammates and check your Galactus readiness rating and stuff. Uh, in addition to that, It'll work on iPhone or iOS or iPad. There is a anime coming for Mass Effect, starring James Vega, one of your crew members in Mass Effect Three. Uh, it's actually the first crew member you get in Mass Effect Three, and it will be. Let's see, yeah, it's a new character. Oh, let's see, blah, 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 blah. done by Production IG, and I don't know offhand what else they've done, but they sound. Um, I think Ghost in the Shell. Ah, I was gonna say sounded like someone important. So yes, and. They've got some concept art, and that's all we know. It'll be out in the fall. You know, I always say I love when the, I love big bombastic games that do uh, like this sort of pan media events. Yeah. But when it's done tastefully, I think I feel like Mass Effect has not been handled the most tasteful way when it comes to its pan media sort of stuff. I, I am, I'm enjoying the book stuff, other than the recent bur- book kerfuffle. Um, but, yeah, but like the toys, like there's 20 million uh, toys, and each one has a DLC pack in it, I've, and then you need to read all of the comics. Have you seen the toys to get... anywhere? I've not seen the toys anywhere. I, are know. they in stores, or are they only I online? Know. I think that I think they may be sold by uh, Forbidden Planet in this country because I've seen uh, Mass Effect. I've seen them sell Mass Effect figures before. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're about it. They're the only shop that I see them, and they're only in a few locations in the country. Hmm. I think in the, in the US, you'd probably want to try Entertainment Earth. Dot com. Oh, and uh, Production IG have done a lot of things. Are they what's they most things. famous for? Uh, well, Ghost in the Shell they've done. I believe that, according to this, I think they do all of the um, openings for the Tales of games. Oh, did they um, do? T- tell me if I'm crazy. Blood did Plus. they do Dante's Inferno the anime? Uh, don't think so. Because I know I, I'm they, calling me crazy, but I feel like EA goes to them a lot whenever they want to do an anime adaptation of one of their did, franchises. They um, did. They did Halo Legends. Which was oh, okay. the Halo anime. Um, they did End of Evangelion, uh, Blood the Last Vampire. Quite a lot of stuff. Did you watch the Halo anime, Quinn? No. Okay. I, don't I was going to ask you what you thought. Se- of it. I don't have any interest in the series. But Master Chief is back, and he's better than ever. And, <laughs> and Halo Four. Yeah, I'm. I yeah. He's back, and he's got warthogs. Yeah. All right. Uh, Someone let us know if that... uh... Oh, what was I thinking? Oh, no, we moved on. Sorry. I'm two stories ago still. So Mass Effect 3 has a lot of crap coming out, and always is. Since you reminded me of Pen Media Events, I just want to ask you real quick, Chris. Are you going to read The Book of Cain before Diablo 3 comes out? Yeah, I I need to do that. Yes, I should do that. All right, give me your. I want a book report when you're done. I thought you were going to read it too, didn't you? Okay, we'll how about this? We'll read it together and we'll have a book club. We said that we said that two months ago and we didn't do it. Okay, people, hold us to the fire. (laughs) Honestly, make us do this. We're lazy people. Don't you understand this? (laughs) Harass us on Twitter. Read your book. Whoa, what's going on in the chat room here? Oh, it's you. We'll discuss it. All right. Um, I'm like someone's posting a ton, but it's you. 
Uh, can't everyone's obsessed with carbon nanotubes now? I think after this Hell show, yeah, man. I'm, go, are awesome. I'm going Space to go buy a billion carbon nanotubes. Let me um, put it this way, man. Without carbon nanotubes, you don't get your space elevator. Oh, really? Okay. The one that Japan's building? The one that we're all building all right. in our hearts to space. It looks like pretty soon Obsidian will only exist in our hearts. Why? You're going to give me bad news? It's going to bring down my high? So, yeah, they had a bunch of layoffs at Obsidian. And things aren't going Across so well. Multiple teams, right? Yeah, multiple teams. It's going to affect the South Park game. And apparently, partially, uh, you know, obviously things like this are driven because of not having money to be able to keep oh, people wait, wait, on wait. board. And so we think there is a good chance that this is partially due to Obsidian missing a bonus for new, uh, Fallout New Vegas that they would have obtained if they had obtained a 85 or higher on its Metacritic store. Unfortunately, they got an 84. Does this mean, wait, was their was there next-gen, untitled next-gen project canceled too? Yep. Okay. So this is big. This is really affecting the company yeah. as a whole. Yeah. This is bad, bad. So one canceled game, one hurt project, 20 people gone. All because they got an 84 on Metacritic instead of an 85? Um, I I have to doubt that that's the sole reason, but it seems like that's a big contributor. Um, yeah. So they the the Fallout New Vegas work they got no royalties for it. They were promised a bonus if they hit eighty five on Metacritic. They didn't. So all they got was the straight payment. So they got paid for the game, and that kind of sucks. That because of Metacritic score, and we've talked on this podcast before about how Metacritic is is not that useful for you know coming up with hard numbers and making decisions based on hard numbers it's it's better used as a repository for for reviews across the industry and yet there we go um metacritic has not i guess not because of fault of metacritic but because of fault of the way people use metacritic is yet again being caused to use to hurt something that people care about in the industry this is a developer people wanted to get more games for and because of the way people use metacritic we're not going to get it um, do you follow Arthur Geese, the guy, uh, the, no, the I don't. lead reviewer yeah, okay, I on Twitter? Because he was playing devil's advocate to this side. Oh. And he made some, I know, I know, everyone likes to hate Arthur Geese because he comes off as an asshole. But uh-huh. he does make, he did make some, some salient points about this. So let me see, I'll try to read them okay. really quickly. Uh, okay, the nature of Metacritic means that different scales are taken into account, blah, blah, blah. It all Except that all- they, they don't take them into account properly. So. If one site rates everything lower, it all brings the score down. Uh, okay, what I hear over all of this is hand-wringing, is that the team deserved a huge bonus because I think they do. Well, that, that is, there is some truth to that, that people no, are saying, well, they no, deserve no, a bonus no, because no. I think they deserve we, a bonus. We want them to get a bonus based off of a fair metric. And if they didn't okay. meet that fair metric, that's fine. But if that metric is Metacritic, it feels unjust because none of us believe Metacritic is a fair metric. Okay, okay. And if Metacritic didn't exist, publishers would just make site scores and make their own averages and base it on that. Yep, and there's a good chance some publishers do a better job of it and a good chance some publishers do a worse job of it. That's, that's, right. that's true. Um, I, 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 I just don't like the idea that this is what would happen if this site didn't exist that everybody's using because you don't actually know. Yeah, because I mean, he doesn't he makes a good actually point that, know that, that it makes a good point that they just might have internals and they would average it that way. They could, you're right, Chris. They could do it better. They can do it more poorly. And he's I, saying at least Metacritic is transparent. 
a publisher can't spin that average using numbers. Yeah. And Metacritic was an inevitability in this industry. Metacritic had to exist. It was something that was going to exist. Game rankings, Metacritic, that concept was going to happen. What I think what most people are upset for is that nobody's really pushing forward to the next thing. It's obvious that something better than this is needed. And what is our industry going to do? Because we need a better way to set bonuses. We need a better way to judge how a, a game is received. And didn't what? The, why don't the sales measure into the the fact that they get a bonus or not? Didn't Fallout New Vegas like do really well? And why isn't that reflected in whether or not they get a bonus? That's that's kind of unfair, don't you think? I wish I knew more about these published and relations. Yeah, if Homefront sold real well, uh, I, you're, you put a quote in here that he's talking about how Homefront sold well. Yeah, I think those developers should get a bonus for it. Even though the game sucked, they did their job, which was sell games. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I don't like the idea that yeah, that Metacritic is, so, is the thing that's being used. So just, just, just uh, make more money then. And then you get paid. Uh, it, yeah, you, that's guess. what you make bonus decisions on, isn't it? This is a business, and you're going to make the decision of whether or not the developer sits around based on what you get to choose. You can choose. Maybe if you make critically good games, we respect that. We're going to give you a bonus for that. Um, but at the bottom line, we're, we, we, contract, we contracted you to make a game that will make us money, and you made us money. We should reward you for that. You did us good, so we should do good by you too. Isn't that only fair? So I don't know. It, it seems odd to me that, oh, yeah, we don't have to pay you money because even though you made us a bunch of money, uh, the critics didn't like your game. So now we don't owe you anything. Does that seem fair? I, I don't think that seems fair. Am I wrong? I wish we could find some actual sales numbers. Yeah, wouldn't that be dates. helpful? Yeah. So, all right. I, I guess I should get off that before. No, I mean, I don't. I, I, if, I, if I knew more, if I, felt, if I felt like I knew something, I would contribute. I just... No, you're right. I'm, I'm a little bit lost on this. So, so maybe it didn't score. sell as, as well as I have the impression it sold. That's 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 fair. No, I'm, I wish I knew. I'm glad you brought that up. So okay, fair, 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 fair. We should move on. I I I'm so waiting for the next thing past Metacritic. I hope somebody. Does no, something. I hear you. I mean, I mean, there's this just it's like that sort of the Japan your game suck. There's just this, except this one's a little bit more true. People, I think everyone in general, publishers, regardless of where you're from, gamers, people are just kind of t- feel like they're kind of they're gay. All of their decisions are being decided by one website. Mm-hmm. And it's not even the website's fault. Like it's not the website doesn't choose that publishers use them in this way. It's ah, uh, it's so weird. All right. Also weird, same day that this Obsidian news comes out, Baldur's Gate, <laughs> it's coming back with enhanced editions. They're, they're doing HD remakes of Baldur's Gate. <laughs> uh, I don't know who's... Uh, anybody excited for this? Um, Potentially, because it like, call me crazy. Is Baldur's Gate like a, like a Dungeon Siege or a Diablo game? No, like, same perspective? no, no. no. It, well, no? yes, it is an over-the-head isometric perspective, but it is more like Dragon Age. As far as gameplay. Oh, I was about to say, but instead just like more like uh, story-based, uh, lots of conversations. Yep. Conversations. Similar gameplay mechanics. You have to kill but trolls and remember to set them on fire or you'd use acid or else they will regenerate and you'll have to kill them again. You know, that sort of stuff. So okay, I saw the NeoGAF summary and it, based on what I'm hearing, it sounds like it's going to be a full, not just it's coming back. It's like a full-on enhanced HD remake, right? Yeah, that's what it looks like. And they're they're doing both games, Baldur's Gate One and Baldur's. Is it going to be in the same package? Is it like Baldur's Gate like one and two? Are they going to be two games? Two games, two separate games. 
Okay, sold separately then. Yeah. Which makes mm-hmm. sense, because then they can do the first one and work on the second one and then do the second one. <laughs> oh, it seems like it's going to be using second edition D&D rules. Uh, right. Uh, we should say who this is. Overhaul Games is the name of the company doing the remakes. And uh-huh. they, they're in Edmonton, so they're very near one of... Bioware's still in Edmonton, right? One of their offices? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think and Casey I, Hudson's up there, they're too. Near, <laughs> yeah, they're near one of the original Bioware, Bioware offices. I don't know if the current one of isn't like the only bioware office in edmonton yeah but they said they are down the street from the original bioware office that makes it sound to me like the current bioware office may be in a different part of the city for all i know yes uh Uh, let's see they have uh so beam dog is the publisher overhaul games is a developer and uh, obviously all this must have been licensed from sounds weird like beam dog has an exclusive on the publishing rights so I this mean, is like on the, a distribution. I don't think BioWare is really involved in this at all, is it? It's it's licensed from Atari because they have the D and D license a property. So this must be why. Well, this is probably one of many reasons why we got Dragon Age instead of a new Baldur's Gate. Um, yeah, no, that that can't be. This took too much. So time. this is weird, though. Too you won't be able later. to get it on Steam or Gog. Okay. It's going to be on Beamdog's own client. Oh, really? I've never even heard of Beamdog. Yeah, they, they've been uh, saying repeatedly on Twitter. It's a Beamdog exclusive on, PS, on PC using their own client, not Steve, not Origin, not Gog. All right, so here are the names on the, the, uh, the official site logo stuff. Beamdog, Overhaul Games, Atari, and Wizards of the Coast, since they, of course, own D&D. So that is, that is everyone who's involved here. They do have the original source code for Baldur's Gate, so apparently... Somehow, Bioware had to give them that, I guess. I don't know how that works. And so they have that, and they will do... Uh, what did they do? They will. They will, They will. say the following things. Mods are very important to them, so I guess they'll allow mods. Screens and other assets will be rolled out next week, so we'll see next week more what it's going to look like. Many of the original Baldur's Gate team members are working on the enhanced version, which makes me wonder, why haven't they moved on to something else? Well, okay, whatever. Uh, it is still going to be 2D isometric. Also interesting um, and unexpected in this day and age. I'm a little so. bit confused about this beam dog thing. Have you ever heard of them before? No. Okay. I have not. So you don't know if their client's any good or anything like that? I've n- yeah, I have no idea. Beam dog. And I think it's dumb that they're only releasing it on that client. I think that will dissuade people from purchasing the game. And as... And it also gives me the impression that this will be kind of a cheap and shoddy port since it's not really being designed for big release. It's on a... I'm going to their site right now and... Okay, so what is the top game being advertised on Beamdog? Is MDK2 HD. Some sort of HD remake of MDK2. Um, I'm going to buy that right now. And a, um, They've got real games on here, so they're more like... They're not just like a, a casual gaming nexus or anything. They've got... A lot of uh, para- what's Mountain Blade is made by who, Anna? Paradox. Paradox. So they got a, p- a lot of Paradox games up here. And they've got some other stuff. Oh, Two Worlds 2, which is also Paradox, isn't it? No, it's not. It's Zuzax. What the heck? All right, whatever. <laughs> they have some real games on here. It's not a big wide selection and never heard them before. Maybe someone who's listening can tell us what's the history of Beamdog, how long they've been around. They have Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 available, so it seems like they've got a lot of uh, 
it's, it's weird. So they've got some stuff you'd find on Gog, and they've also got all the Aveyond, which we've covered on this game before. Those those indie games, right? Aveyond is uh, indie yeah. RPGs. Yep. Yeah, so. it's so. Um, no, it's not Aldoria. It's another one that starts with A, but I don't so, remember it exactly. They're not a big player, and they're hoping that this, I assume, will make them into a big player in the online distribution. So we'll have to see. Ooh, so also unexpected news, old Sega game coming up. Oh, hold on. Uh, let's see. I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, all right, sorry. Uh, Monster World. You guys heard of Monster World? No. As I as I take Skype messages, uh, Monster World is a, an old series from the Sega Genesis days. Um, so you had uh, what are the three games? It is uh, oh, Wonder Boy and Monster World. And Wonder Boy and Monster Land and, and, and you know, Alex Kid and Monster World, that sort of stuff. So it's, it's those old games for the Genesis. They are coming out in a three-pack for the XPLA. And so, so Wonder Boy and Monster Land, Wonder Boy and Monster World, and Monster World 4, which is previously unreleased in the U.S. They will be available in a three-pack on XPLA and apparently... So this is weird. Um, I didn't know this part of it. Uh, PSN and we had had um, Monster World games announced for them as well for sometime between late 2011 and early 2012. Um, but apparently that got dropped and they're doing this XBLA thing instead. I don't know. Or in addition to. So lots of Monster World games. These are these are action RPGs. So if you want to get some retro gaming on, you are going to get a chance to on XBLA soon. And nobody seems to care, so I'll move on to the fan- final story, which is the final word that, hey, guys, at E3 this year, we are not going to be showing off new Xbox hardware. No, I'm sorry. Move on. Says Microsoft. So there you go. To anyone thought that we were getting new consoles this year, apparently we're still not getting new consoles this year. Ten-year life cycle. <sighs> 15-year life cycle. Remember, it's not 10 years from when the next one's introduced. It's 10 years from... It's supposed to be 10 years from when you stop putting out games for it. I'm not complaining. All this means is that my my older book can play more and more current generation games. (laughs) The longer this generation longs out, the the more my integrated graphics... Oh, man. If you're going for PC gaming, you should not be buying an ultra book. You should be getting a cheap... Well... They don't have the Steam no, box no, no, was a lie. I'm getting one because I, lo- get... I like the portability and I don't like carrying it around. I, right. I just want to be able to, like people always say, like oh the oh, if you want to if you want to be a gamer, you should get a Windows machine. But it's like, well, I use a Mac and I want to be able to play a game every now and then. You know, well, get a MacBook Pro then. I don't know. Well, I want an Air. It's small. I know, it's but easy you want to take around. But it's not for gaming. <laughs> no, but oh, but all I'm gonna do on it is just play Bejeweled and Torchlight Two. All right, fair enough. And those will run just fine. All right, all right. And maybe Tropical 3, which once again is like a four-year-old game, will run just fine. Isn't Tropical 4 out? Yeah. Oh, you're going to play Tropical 3. Got it. Yeah. All right. Is that... All right. Tropical 3. Steam Special Edition for $10. Cool. Oh, that's, that's our news, guys. That's the last one's kind of a bummer. No new consoles. 
Oh, wait. We got one more section, and it's my favorite section now. So, Anna, <laughs> give us the MMO Roundup. Well, it's not MMO in a minute anymore. MMO in a minute. There you go. <laughs> Whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> okay, so top line headlines for the week of March 12th. Rusty Hearts gets new characters and raids starting on March 22nd. Maple Story has been invaded by aliens. After some doubt, Shia will continue at Aria Games. G Potato announces new MMORPG Eternal Blade, but shuts down Prius Online and Luna Online. 8-bit MMO officially announced. 16-bit would have been better. Guild Wars 2 Collector's Edition unveiled this week. Plenty of swag. Pre-orders begin in one month. First Mech Warrior Online video unveiled. Everybody goes ooh and ah. Editorials on women playing video games uh, came out. Actually, a few of them came out this week because they released some new numbers from GDC. Um, the interesting one is they're looking at a one-to-one correlation of men to women playing MMO, MMOs nowadays. Um, in other news, EverQuest turns 13, goes free to play. Happy birthday. Um, we already talked about Diablo 3. Artix Entertainment, who publishes 80 bazillion browser games, including Adventure Quest, has surpassed 150 million registered users. And ArenaNet is discontinuing support for NES older than Windows XP. Wow, they still supported older OSs. <laughs> yeah, they were supporting uh, 95, 98, ME, and one other one I can never remember the name of. And yeah, they're just, uh, I think at the end of the month, they're going to stop uh, supporting those. All right. Uh, wow. Is that 60 seconds or less? I think Carry on. No, but um, it was close enough. And it was, uh, you had so much stuff in there. 8-bit MMO, I looked that up. Then you had something after that that I thought was interesting, but my brain didn't catch what it was. The and... Guild Wars 2 Collector's Edition oh. was unveiled this week. Oh. Too much swag. Too much swag. So, yeah, it's 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 a big Collector's Edition. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. Nobody covered that. So, What's up with that? $150 oh. Collector Edition? Yeah. That's, uh, that's Skyrim the, money. The, <laughs> yeah, that that's the crux. Wait, though. $150? $150. Yeah, it's got Here a we whole go. bunch of all right, you get a collectible metal box. A is that say thirty? Twenty? Ten inch? A ten inch? I hope it's ten inch. If it's thirty, that's crazy. A ten inch Ritlock figurine, which looks awesome, actually. Custom art frame, portfolio, and five art prints for you to put in the frame, I guess. A best of Guild Wars Two soundtrack CD and the Guild Wars Two game and the 112-page making of Guild Wars Two hardback book, which I guess is different from the art of Guild Wars Two book that they've been giving out at various events and stuff. And you get some digital items on top of that. So if that statue, they need a bigger. I need to find a bigger image of the statue to see if it's really worth it. But that is, that's an expensive collector's edition. Let me let, hold on. Let me put on my reality helmet. I don't need that. All right, cool. Just making sure. All right, so $150 collector edition. That's crazy. I missed that. What game is this again? Guild Wars 2. And, I, and oh. this is the guy who bought the $150 Skyrim edition saying that. So. The, Good for you, the man. Thing that I, the thing that I've been loving about Guild learning. Wars 2 is they announced the date that the pre-orders have started, and then like two weeks later, they unveiled the collector's edition. Mm-hmm. 
So they're they're they've got some really suave marketing there. I like what they're doing. Two weeks after what? They've got an awesome hype machine going there. Two weeks after what? Two weeks out. They announced that when pre-orders were going to begin. That uh. was like two weeks ago. They were like, pre-orders going to begin April 15th. And then two weeks later, they were like, oh, yeah, and here's the $150 collector's edition. For you to upgrade your pre-order to. <laughs> yep. Once they're not available yet. Anybody going to buy that? Anybody? Uh, the game at all. Uh, not not the collector's did. edition. Oh, I know. I'm, I'll be buying Force 2. Okay. I also believe that they've started sending out um, invites for the closed beta, so you might check your email. Uh, I didn't get one. Uh, I've been checking my email. Oh, you mean they the listeners? Oh, yeah, listeners, specific. you should check your email. Yes. Yeah. In the case of media, they seem to be very specific on when they want them playing. Well, that sucks. Okay. So, mm. what are we moving on to now? Um, your games of the week? Me first? Yes. Okay. Um, I got into some iOS games a fair bit this week. Castle Age HD and um, Fairway Golf, which is uh, not actually golf, but a card game, and I really liked it. So I am now have 195 out of 195 stars on that game. So I'm putting it down for now. I continue with Trauma Team. The only thing I have left is Endoscopy. I shouldn't have done that because now I have no motivation to play it because I hate Endoscopy. I goofed around on Sims 3 3DS, which was part of my box of crap games. And I need some help from the Sims players out there because I feel like I'm always feeling like I'm crunched for time, like I don't have enough time in the day. And my Sim doesn't want to pay her bills. And I cannot get her to pay the damn electricity bill. So stuff, or the the bills for my maintenance, so I keep getting stuff repossessed and I'm kind of annoyed about that. And I need to remember to install a security system because I'm tired of getting up in the middle of the night and beating up the thief that's stolen my nice shower. And beyond that, I did some while this week doing old raids. Did a bunch of old war 10 achievements last night. And I've been cross-stitching. So that's my week. Huh? How about how about you guys? Um, yeah, good question. So I've been playing Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 3. I'm loving Mass Effect 3. And... Um, really getting into um, all the role-playing elements that are still in the game that I was really worried they were going to take out of, but I'm still getting a chance to run around the Citadel and and take care of people's really inane requests because that's the kind of stuff I like doing. I have a galaxy worth of problems to solve, and I want to spend time solving it, and that's what I do. So um, I I run I I kind of get into this uh this uh, thing of finishing a mission, running around, talking to everybody on my ship, see what they thought about that mission and whether or not they have new stuff for me to do, and uh, going and looking for new uh, planets that have unlocked to scan them all, and then going and checking in in the Citadel to see if I've found stuff to finish side quests and, and, and if there are more side quests to actually be part of. The game's role-playing stuff has been really fun. I've been enjoying it. The combat sections and stuff have been really 
different for me this time because I chose to play a full biotic shepherd and I found that to be really fun to just be messing around with space magic and I kind of wish I'd done that in the previous games more. So it has been, you know, everything about that game so far has been pretty good and I'm really enjoying all the callbacks and the little things like the, the novels are referenced, all the little things you did in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 1, they're all coming back and being reflected in the game. Now, given the fact that there's so much stuff to cover that means everyone only gets a little bit of screen time but you're getting everybody some screen time including stuff i have to go back and look up like i did what for who now oh yeah i guess i did that and have been really enjoying the heck out of it um yeah so uh it's just been a great great experience so far so loving mass effect 3 and what else i do more hot shots golf on my vita and I, oh, I finished up the Mass Effect Retribution novel, uh, and I uh, enjoyed that too. It was a good read, and uh, nothing you have to go out of your way for. But if you're into the Mass Effect fiction, uh, all three of those Drew Capirshian novels have uh, have been fun, and you get payoff for it all because um, like a lot of the characters show up in Mass Effect Three, even so you can uh, enjoy that your time spent reading those novels will result in things that you uh, get to learn about and have more insight to in game. So that's been fun. So yeah, that's me. What about you, John? Uh same on Mass Effect Three, really. Oh really? Although I already have, I I'm already up to one hundred percent galactic readiness because of how much I've done multiplayer. Didn't take long. Oh cool. It 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 really doesn't. I've taken because I, I I play my shepherd's an infiltrator, um, and I played that start with in the multiplayer. But I I switched over to a couple of the other character classes because it gives you a you know, chance to try out the uh, try out the other classes in Mass Effect without having to go through the other sort of main game, as it were. Uh, sorry, you, your Skype broke up when you said that. So can you say it again? Oh. Sorry. Um, it, I'm just saying that um, basically playing the other classes in multiplayer that your single player Shepard isn't sort of gives you just gives you a nice opportunity to try out what the other classes are like. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because and- I play, I play, I say, I say, play, I play Infiltrator Shepard in the main story. Uh, and I, I've played um, Infiltrator in the multiplayer, but I also enjoy playing, um, uh, is it Vanguard? The one with Biotic Charge? Think so? It's I, I'm not sure. And and the one with tech armor. Mm. I can't remember what that is either. Dude, I was playing multiplayer with this uh, with this drill, uh, this drill guy with biotic charge, and it was crazy. He would just zip yeah, around I've the a, battlefield. I've got a drill. I've got a drill with, with biotic charge because I saved up uh, the coins to buy the Spectre pack, and that's given me um, gave me the drill, uh, the drill biotic charge character. Um, I think I have a Solarian somewhere as well. Uh, it's just nice to have. I also apparently got a bonus for having a registered copy of Battlefield 3 on my Origin account, which I completely forgot I had. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So you, uh, it's, it, Do you like the, the mousey player? Are you having fun with it? Because I actually think it's pretty well, fun. Yeah, well, even though it is basically just a kind of glorified horde mode... Um, well, I have not uh, played a horde mode really in most other games, so no, I haven't either. I know there are better games out there, like Manny was saying just before the show. Sure, um, but it's still, I think, 
uh, the fact that there's got a veneer of Mass Effect to it, I think, just kind of makes it fun. Even though some of the people you encounter, uh, like the, the the people who overuse biotic charge to the point of idiocy, mm-hmm. are can be a little grating. Um, but I'm always thankful for when somebody else, say the Turian soldier, just happens to be ca- uh, carrying a spare um, missile to deal with banshees because I hate them. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good point. I hate banshees too. So like, Geth Geth Prime, fine. Um, what's the what's the other big unit? Um, oh, the, the, the Atlas. Atlas, the Cerberus Atlas, Cerberus Atlas, fine. Yep. Banshees. Banshee ah, has problem. Yep. No, nope, I agree. They are a problem. The brutes are fine because you can usually just double tap, uh, double tap spacebar and sort of roll backwards when they rush at you. Yeah. That's and if you're point. armed with a shotgun, that's fine. But banshees, ugh, hate them. Wait, double tap spacebar? Isn't that jump? No, that's not jump. That's no. Yeah, that's uh, double everything. tap spacebar is dodge. Yeah, you're right. That's everything. So it's I, everything. I don't even think about what I press when I play anymore. I just I just press buttons. I just know what to do. Uh, <laughs> all right. Double tap, double tap the button for a quick dodge kind of thing. You know, sort of roll, roll, roll out of the way of that rushing swipe that brutes do. Yeah. You're, that's fun. Like John is turning into a geth actually. So, all right. So, do 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 do. That leaves. Who does that leave? Let's see. That leaves Manny, but you didn't play anything, did you? Not really. Not really? Did you have any questions yeah. about Mass Effect 3 for us? Um, let me see. Do you guys feel compelled to play the multiplayer? I mean, not compelled, like, like you have to. To get the No, to I, get the I didn't feel like I had to. I just kind of, I, I, I tried, decided to try it, you know, because I just wanted to see what it was like, and I found myself enjoying it. And that's the reason why I've gone back to it. I've looked up time. the I've looked up the number I need in order to get the best ending. So if I'm done with the game and I don't have that number, then I will most assuredly be playing ma- the multiplayer to make sure I get up to that number. But oh, um, so it's not just the bar filling up. There's a number beyond. that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, well beyond that. Yep. Really? Yeah. So it's just a number. Can, can I? Do you mind telling me or? Um, for people who don't the... want to know the number. Um, it is six thousand eight hundred and seventy-nine. So what? after you reach that point, yeah, that's the effective rating you need to get everything. Really? According, huh. according to the guide I found, and maybe the guide was wrong, but that was the IGN guide that gave me that number. Because <clears throat> apparently, because well, the way it works in game is the, the, the galactic readiness acts as a uh, multiplier to that number. Right, and um, so you need yeah, that's the, num- the, that's the number after you multiply that you need. Yeah, because. Your your multiplier actually starts at point five because galactic readiness starts at fifty percent. Mm-hmm. And getting it to one hundred is oh you can only do via multiplayer and the iPhone iOS yeah. stuff I think. Yep. Yeah. I actually plan oh. on fin- uh, playing through the the multi the iOS app as well just to get a full. Which one? The infiltrator. infiltrator. Yeah, I think I'm okay. done with Galaxy. That thing's a piece of crap. <laughs> I can't even finish it. <laughs> it's just not fun. <laughs> You don't even get anything out of it. I know. <laughs> it has story and, like, or rather, it has story and uh, conversation stuff. I can see what stuff, the story but... is, though, basically. Oh, really? And, like, and I can give you a two-minute summary, like a one-minute summary of the entire story. All right. Mass Effect Galaxy spoilers. Go, Manny. Okay. So this is the first time you meet uh, Jacob. Jacob, except he's bald in here, and you meet Miranda. The, he's a new fresh Cerberus agent. He's he, he's going to stop a Batarian well, He starts plot. out as an Alliance guy, so... You're right, and then eventually he becomes Cerberus after he yeah. teams up with her, right? Yeah. 
Oh, wait. Basically, there's a Batarian plot. Some fake ambassador is going to blow up the Citadel with a nerve gas, and you need to stop him. Oh, and you do. You succeed, and then you have sex with Miranda. And oh, then do you? That's it. Oh, wow. No, it's implied. She brings out some champagne. You guys drink it together. It's imp- the only real extra bit because you know you have to sign into your EA account, right? Yeah. And the only extra bit you get is a one throwaway line in Mass Effect 2. You can ask Jacob about his past relationship with Miranda. Yeah. And it'll be like, yeah, we were hot. We were cold. And that's long in our past. It's, it's throwaway. <laughs> Nothing really happens. That stinks. This that's is all. a tasteful fade to black. Not, e- not even. It's tasteful fade to credits. <laughs> oh. I see. So it's, it's like, hey, we saved the world. You're an attractive, bald black man. I'm an attractive woman. Let's go for it. Now you get to be in a game and be the person no one chooses for their party. I like Jacob. Oh, okay. Sorry. You no, know, I use Jacob as as a, you know, when, it, when you, oh, okay, that's a huge spoiler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I always had Morden and like um, somebody from the first game. So, yeah. No, I, just like, you know, when you're supposed to select team members to do specific jobs. Oh, yeah. He he he's he's a he's a leader. He's he's well he's strong and he's well versed in like sort of like leading units. I used him as a yeah to lead people back to the ship. Got it. And he did a good job of that. Oh, Nobody died. Good job. I don't know. Jacob was fine. I don't. I, just, I know everyone had a problem with Jacob, but it was just sort of like he wasn't as mopey as Kaiden. Oh sure, I I was fine with his character, but um, his character didn't really add much. Is what I found. Like it was, it was a a sufficiently fleshed out character. But given some of the strong characters in the game, like Morden, for example, it just he, he pales in comparison. Is what I, if, I think. If, 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 pa- if everyone could are... speak, it would say, "Hi, I'm Jacob." So I, I think he was supposed to be the counterpoint to Miranda. Like, not everyone in Cerberus is a monster. There's actually, some people in this organization who believe in helping humanity, but not no, the way that yep. elusive man or Miranda wants to. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. It's because it sounded like he only joined Cerberus because he was just frustrated with the, with the lion's procedures and just him always constantly being bogged down. Like mm-hmm. he had to basically break from free from the alliance and infiltrator to save the Citadel from that fake Batarian ambassador and his nerve gas attack. Okay. I know we're debating a game that came out like four years ago and the new one's out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> James okay. Vega is clearly the superior That's character okay. to Jacob. Hmm. Okay, so I have to ask everyone really quick: favorite character so far? Uh, in Mass Effect Three? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Liara. What, what, d- yeah. Define what you mean by. I mean, like some a characters... playable character, because there are there are a lot fewer playable characters in this one. I I, I figured, but um, just like sort of like so, Liara was different too. Uh, Liara she was is like a new way, person. Liara is well, she wasn't into basically <laughs> but they have they have done so much work uh, it seemed like they people were pissed about how liara was in two and then they just went to to task and said liara is going to be awesome in three you're going to care about her she's going to be involved in everything and it's going to be well done and she is she's like the center point of your crew in my opinion it is she she is the one who stands out mm. so I, I i like her the the best out of all of them right now Awesome. Um, though the uh, the DLC characters, not 
uh, was, he's kind of interesting. I was asking about. Thank you. I was, uh, I was, I was the, uh, the, the DLC character is quite funny when he gets when Liara gets into arguments with yep. him. <laughs> so you guys both have the collector's edition, and you got the. No, I just bought the DLC. Yeah, okay. I, I caved. They gotcha. It's fine though. He's he's decently integrated, and um, he comes with a cool weapon and you know some diff- very different powers. So it, it's good. And get, honestly, unlike Mass Effect Two, there since there's much fewer characters, having a DLC character matters a lot more. So oh, that's what I found. It is. It's a good game. Having fun playing it. Um, that's what. That's all we've played. Um, there's really nothing else to talk about, is there? Oh, we need guess to talk not. about next when week we're going to be recording next week. So next yeah. week we will be recording probably around. Uh, well, let's see. She said five. Yeah. Is something so, special happening? I don't. Understand. Yeah. Next week is a Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, I'll be down in. Uh, in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and I'll be down in Brookfield, Wisconsin at mid MGC. If you're going out there, drop us a line. Maybe we can meet up and say hi at least. Um, lots of stuff going on there. There'll be pinball and retro games to buy. I will need to buy something for the Saturn that an HD remake will be announced for shortly thereafter because that's just how it works when I go and buy stuff from Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, three years in a row that happened? Uh, two or three, yeah. it's It doesn't... It's. Well, now Radiant Silver Gun I bought in Japan, so that wasn't part of MGC. So that was a little different. So so just just two years in a row, I think. Um, yeah, so that should be fun. And we're going to have the, the Retroids.com uh, people are going to be out there. They've got a big party going on and a whole room that they check out. So I plan to hang out in that room a lot. Um, that's that's kind of the big focus of the event for, for me is just... Uh, lots of people playing fun games down there and uh, socializing, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, free pinball, free arcade games um, to play, not to own. You have to buy them if you want to own them. And uh, retro stuff, uh, stuff for the family. Um, it's a great time. If you're in the Milwaukee area, go to Midwest Gaming Classic. You can find it at MidwestGamingClassic.com. Get tickets, and uh, we'll see you there. Um, because of that, the show will not be recording next Saturday morning. We will be recording sunday evening i don't know exactly when i think probably around 6 p.m central but maybe maybe a little later than that we gotta work it out well okay i think i can say without beyond you know without shadow of doubt i will not be in that one then yeah i have a because i have a a you have a what because i have a nine he's a class on monday oh okay yep so yeah the nice thing is is sure because we're recording at night, we're going to have some people who wouldn't normally make it on the podcast. Well, we'll have one person, uh, Sam Marcello. Yay! Sam Marcello will be on next week. Um, I don't know if you're available, Manny. If you're around, we'll have you on. Anna and I will be on, and we will get anyone else on who's around. And uh, we'll have a little little different show than normal because it'll be evening show, and that's always fun. We will stream it live. I will try to keep the Twitter updated with uh, exact timing, but no, it should be sometime in the evening on Sunday of next week and we look forward to that happening and you being here for that and we can talk about what we, uh, any cool RPG finds we found at Midwest Gaming Classic and uh, whatever else has happened so um, with that that's it for the week everybody enjoy the countdown to uh, Falcom Games coming out on Steam and to go and finish your uh, Mass Effect 3 and what, what's the next big game that comes out there's like a big one that comes out soon oh yeah besides Diablo 3 
I've personally, I've got um, the uh, next chapter in Super Robot Wars coming out on April fifth. Oh, that's right. And uh, a lot of people this uh, in this country just got Tales of Graces F, and they're enjoying the heck out of that. So. Um, that's oh yeah, too. that's the other thing. I that's uh, I actually played a bit of that this week. Oh, you I did. I went back to my. Uh, my, I went back to my uh, Japanese copy because, you know, people were starting to talk about it again and I wanted to refresh myself. Um, yeah, no, I just thought I'd put that in. Mm, cool. And, uh, oh, that's the next big one, Xenoblade, coming out early April. So that'll be fun. The reviewers are just getting it now and it's fun to see them be like, oh, yeah, this game really is as good as everybody kind of thought it was. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. Didn't, like, Tales of Graces F just come out? Lots of reviews hit the internet this week, right? Yeah, we just mentioned that um and i kind of wish i had time i'd like to get into that we have a contest for that though at rpgamer.com oh. um let's see i know i brought that up again for a reason friday march 23rd uh is your is your entry deadline so go there and you need to submit artwork of your favorite characters you have to label it with the character name which tales game they're from sign and date the image and label it with rpgamer tales contest submit it to contest at rpgamer.com you can find all the rules on our site go to rpgamer.com it's the top post right now you get it if you win um i don't know Probably something Tales related, right? Um, I guess. Uh, two copies of the game, and the grand prize is uh, signed by Hideo Baba, the game's producer. So, that, get it. I'm assuming if you're the kind of person who's drawing Tales of Grace's fan art, you probably have already bought the game. But So, that's kind of cool that one Yeah, but signed, not autographed yeah, by the producer. Exactly. So. <gasps> I know what I forgot to mention. Oh, boy. Really? Yes, All right, go for it. Yes, yes, Sahira Watasan was at uh, was at GDC. And, and who's that? Those who don't know, that is the daddy of Harvest Moon. He's the, the guy who thought it up. He's the guy who pushed for them to make it. And um, he Watasan was at GDC, and he signed a copy of Harvest Moon for me. Mm. Cool. And now Anna has a signed copy of Harvest Moon. Yay! Uh, so there we go. That's that's all the big news you can handle this week. So with that, we're going to see you next week. And until next week, um, yeah, we're signing off. Everything done? Done, done, done. Check, check. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye now. Bye. Bye.